The aim of Black Mental Matters is to tell experiences with honesty. Therefore, some discussions may trigger an adverse reaction. If a discussion is beginning to upset you, we advise that you please stop listening and talk to your support team. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to the Black Mental Matters podcast. Thank you so much for listening. This program, again, we're all about the mental health, the mental state, the mental well-being in the black community. And uh, I just hope everything is okay for you and yours on this program. It feels so good. We took a week off, but now we're back and uh, it gave a chance for me to really think about what it meant to be black in America. You've got so much going on. But if you can recall back in the day how things were, where our communities, you know, our community worked together, we worshiped together, we played together, we uplifted one another. And so I feel like after all of this, we got to get back to what it meant to be black in America right here on this program. So don't touch that anything. Don't touch the button. Black Mental Matters, it starts right now. Oh, it's so good to be back with Black Middle Matters, Makiba. How you doing? Happy everything. Uh, happy everything to you too, Vince. Happy belated Father's Day and mm. happy uh, Juneteenth and all that good stuff. That's right. That's right. Had a great Father's Day. Thank you again, son. All that kind of good stuff. And uh, here we are. Let's see. Uh, all the way into July, Makiba, and we still can't get together we still <laughs> on this uh phone line but it's it's good to still be able to reach out and touch but uh who'd have thought that we'd be going through this much and and we know that it is affecting people mentally mm-hmm. in our black community no doubt about it oh it it, it it absolutely is i mean from isolation to people being quarantined with family members that are, are toxic mm. to people losing their jobs to have yes. a lot of friends black and white yes. that have been furloughed and, and laid off so people are really feeling this and it's lasting a lot longer than we all expected you know we all thought by hey july surely you know we're going to be back on that's right the road to normalcy but we're not we're not we're not and uh Again, I I know you share these thoughts. Our thoughts and prayers are always out to everybody. I know, you know, it's easy to talk about it. It's it's it's, it's more real when you're living through it, you know, and, Absolutely. and uh, family. So it's been a time that really have been able to give a lot of thought. And, you know, as we watch these protests and, you know, the statues coming down and I've been involved mm-hmm. with this deal about uh, Stone Mountain and, and, and it just it had me just in such a tizzy. Then I just kind of went to the reminisce and I started thinking about you know what it was like because these you know a lot of these kids they're not in school i mean what it was like when i was young and Mm. what the black community was like it was different and uh there was a pride in the schools there was the reverence of educators teachers Mm -hmm. there was the um supporting of uh, black owned businesses there was worshiping together i played little league we did all kinds of things 
And I know we can't just jump out here and do this right now, but maybe we can start a game plan for when mm-hmm. we do get back out here uh, and get back to being truly black uh, here in, in America. <laughs> and, and, you right. know, no, being black is a thing that, hey, we black, we proud. How do Absolutely. we get the, let, let's, let's talk about that a little bit, uh, Makiba. Uh, hmm. I'm just okay. sure. Oh no, no, I know, I know exactly where you're going, Vince. I mean, we know you're thinking about the black community, particularly in the '60s, '70s, and early '80s. The community, our communities, were similar to villages, mm. which is what we really needed for collective healing from the stuff that we've been through. You know, civil rights movement, slavery racism, segregation. We had black communities and no matter what the income level, you could you knew everybody on your street. If yes. you lived in a black neighborhood, you knew whose car was whose, yes. you knew who lived next door, you knew who lived downstairs from you, across the street, you knew everybody. We were we played outside until the street lights right. came on, neighbors right. watched each other's kids. Right. So psychologically these were times of healing for the black community because we for once in America, we had our own stuff and there wasn't this level of separateness and individualism that we have now where everybody's just in their house and they stay to themselves. I was uh, having this conversation and as I uh, with someone and I've always said this, you know, I kind of blame myself or my generation, whatever. We got so busy because when I was there was always some men in my neighborhood who were working with us, the kids, you know, they would pull up and have a a trunk full of baseball bats and gloves and balls and and things like that. Just uh, creating opportunities or volunteering at the rec center to be there with us. And it's hard to see that these days. In fact, I'm very hard pressed to find a little league game with kids that look like me. I mean, it was a parents were out there all together and uh, it it definitely helped shape uh, a sense of community in me that has not left and after this time we got to get that kind of uh, 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 mentality back absolutely absolutely and the question is you know how how do we do it after this especially with suicide rates for african-american children ages 5 to 11 years old have steadily been on the increase since the 1980s black men have made up 80 percent of attempted suicide in the united states in just the year 2015. So, wow. so there are issues, emotional wellness and mental health issues that are still going on that are now becoming worse that we haven't even seen the data on mental health right now because it hasn't even been collected. We're trying to get through this pandemic. So absolutely, it's going to take a lot of hard work to try to get us back in a place where our communities feel safe and also where we're whole again and where we're open to you know letting our kids go down the street and feeling like they're going to be safe you know there's uh for those of you that have not visited we have a facebook page we have a instagram and a twitter all those accounts and there's been uh, some posts recently have that that have talked about what our young people are going through right now women uh the trauma that the women are going through so fellas yeah. we're gonna have to be cognizant you know coming out of this because it 
it has been shown that women have been harder hit by this than any when it when it comes down to the employment. We're talking right. about our uh, child care for the children, the, the money situation, all those kinds of things. So when we again come out of this thing, fellas and, and ladies, all of us collectively, we're going to have to be cognizant of those challenges. And really, you know, we, we, we have a lot in our community. We we, we uh, financially collectively when, when we put it all together. Uh, in fact, we're recording this program today and there is this quote unquote day of a uh, boycott. Uh, personally, mm-hmm. I don't I have nothing against that, but I believe if you're going to boycott, just don't buy nothing, period. Anyway, <laughs> I don't <laughs> right. need a certain day. I don't need a 4th of July, Juneteenth, right. anything like that. But uh, and being able to pool perhaps some of those dollars into some resources like th- that are needed, especially for those uh, that's going to need this mental health help after this uh, after this. Pandemic. Um, oh, my goodness. Absolutely. And I, I really don't feel that that people are taking enough or paying enough attention to their mental health right now. I don't see it. I I see a lot of people just trying to keep their head above water and a lot of hurt. I do see hope, but I don't see a lot being done in terms of collective self-care, um, online groups. I mean, we should really, you know, I mean, I love the DJ battles and all that stuff. Right. I really do. But you know, we've got to start being aware of taking the opportunity to create online spaces for mm-hmm. group therapy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, there, there, there has to be more to this than, hey, let's do a Zoom meeting and discuss where our company is going to go. We need to start utilizing amongst ourselves some of these technologies to address, hey, you know, what are you going through? How, you know, how is your mental health right now? A lot of black trans individuals mm. are suffering. A lot of black LGBT individuals are suffering. Black people across the scope are not in a good emotional headspace, but the focus for now for for most of us is on the Black Lives Matter movement and social justice. And we kind of feel like, well, we need the social justice first and then I can, you know, worry about my mental health. No, you need to be when you take care of yourself mentally, you are taking care of everybody around you. That's right. If you are. Yes. If if you are still dealing with depression and anxiety and all the stuff that's in your own headspace, that's affecting people that are in your circle, your your family, your friends, your co-workers. When you heal yourself, you're healing those around you. And it can't be one or the other. It can't be, well, I'm going to you know, go protest and I'm going to go do this important work first, which is important. And then after all that's done, then I'm going to go out and get therapy and I'm going to think about my mental health later. Mm. We've got to start having conversations. And, and it helps to ask people, hey, you know, what are you doing for your mental health? Yes. And, you know, or how are you feeling today outside of politics, outside of what you heard on the news? I mean, I always try to stress within my household, I don't like sitting around talking about stuff on the news because anybody can do that. I want to hear from people in my house. How are you feeling? You know, what are you going through? What is this like for you? What can I do since I'm living in this house with you? What can I do to help you mentally with anything that you're going through and to create a space where people can talk about how they feel 
without being judged. Yes, yes. There was an article in the Washington Post following the video of George Floyd's killing, and it said the percentage of black Americans screening positively for depression or anxiety rose from 36 percent to 41 percent, which represents about 1.4 million more black people. Wow. That's a big wow. number. That's oh, a big that number. A, and you know, we've, we've talked about um, issues, and I, I, hats off to us. I mean, I'm just going to say it. We, we've been on, on the front line or ahead of things as they've Absolutely. come along. But we've also talked about, as you said, what what can you do? You have a niece on, you know, talk about with yoga. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to Nina. Shout <laughs> out. You know, you've always talked about quiet time and, and uh, uh, even the audio therapy kinds of things. Whatever it is that you can do self-care is is very important we talked about uh, social activists they are definitely the ones if you're on the front lines every day and these absolutely i am so surprised and my i'm so i'm i'm proud on one hand but i'm surprised on that the the the, i guess the what's the word i'm looking for they just continue they're not stopping no Uh, they're not they're not stopping (laughs) and they're going like every day some people uh, that i am connected with also they are out there every single day Right. Protesting. Yeah. And, and I'm not talking about the crazy looting kind of people. They're just out there protesting. And and, mm-hmm. and it is working. I'm going to tell y'all, it, it it is working. There is a definite dialogue going on that people didn't want to have that's happening everywhere right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if you know somebody who's actively involved in the social justice movement, check in with those Mm. people and ask them, hey, you know, how are you doing? Is there anything that I can do to support not just the movement, but to support you as you support the movement? And not and not just asking them about the protest, right? Get yeah, a, yeah, that's part of so you, you can't just be uh, a one uh, horse Charlie or whatever the thing is, you know, called. Right. Got to get them back to to this real world out here, and it, it's it's a very uh, complicated uh, uh, situation. But I know, again, like you said, we have weathered things over the years. Our we 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 were coming back from, I guess, uh, Jim Crow and everything when we got ourselves all together, maybe even before Jim Crow, and we had these. Thriving mm-hmm. communities like Black Wall Street uh, that just had its yes. anniversary in Rosewood. There are places where uh, you could even say Atlanta, for that matter. This has become mm-hmm. a mecca uh, for uh, the black community. And what was it? The, you know, the things that made those places successful. And it it is again community that we we are a community all working together. We are a community that looks out for each other. We are a community that holds up the right types of um, heroes, if for lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. Uh, for for our kids, you know, the the police were heroes in the community uh, at Absolutely. that time. They they were the heroes. Oh, his dad is a police officer. That is mm-hmm. wonderful. I want to be a yes. police officer. Come to the school. Uh, talks right. to the kids. So we yes. didn't have that fear of that. You know, back then there was no mm-hmm. knee on the neck kind of business and all that kind of stuff going right. on. We got we got to get back to being black. Right. No, we do. We do. And like we were saying, it it is going to take some work. It is going to take some difficult dialogues. Um, but I think it's it's important to look at where we are now and where we were and exactly what happened because I, I distinctly 
distinctly remember the shift from being happy and a little carefree black kid going outside, you know, sometimes no shoes on in the front yard, neighbors coming by. You knew what houses to go to. You knew what houses to stay away from. Absolutely. And then I remember the shift. The first time was in the the mid-70s when that Halloween candy scare Mm. uh, happened. And I remember as a child not having that holiday have that innocence to it anymore and it's how that felt that there was this invisible thing out there trying to poison and and torture children like that just seemed like a really sadistic Mm. evil frightening thing to a child and you know later on it was just a few months ago I, I found out that that actually stemmed from an incident where a man his name was Ronald O'Brien so anybody can google this look it up read it it's really interesting and enlightening he was a he was a suburban father who poisoned one of his children with uh, potassium cyanide in a pixie stick and he took his kids I think he had three kids and he took them trick-or-treating and he tried to poison all of them, but only one could open up the little pixie stick and the little boy passed away. And then they found out later on that the man was acting unusual and he was trying to get his other kids to finish off the Halloween candy. And then they found out through the insurance company that he had taken out life insurance policies on all of his kids without his wife knowing about it and that he had indeed poisoned his kids for the insurance money. And I I remember the news reels about, you know, don't let your kids eat any unwrapped candy, go through it. You would take them to the hospital to have your candy x-rayed. I mean, it was just really, really extreme. So most black families were like, we're not doing Halloween at Mm. all Mm. so that so that innocence was removed from the black community and then we never got the memo as to what actually happened but the rest of america did because you if you go up to you know the suburbs during halloween is a completely different experience than in a low-income black community like there's a fear of letting your kids go trick-or-treating still to this day. Low income, high income, whatever. And for me, it became all about the, not. I don't want to say religious, but it's just mm-hmm. like they just turned it into too much freaky deaky, crazy, satanic kind of stuff for me. But the, Right, that, but that, that, you know scare. why they did that then? They, they, they did that in order to placate children and young people that still wanted to go participate in Halloween by de- by why we why we demonize the holiday to mm. say oh it's about the devil it's about witches hey read here in the bible there's nothing about halloween that was our way of reinforcing hey we're not going to deal with this hot this holiday ever again and hey this is why mm. so 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 that that was part of it too also then it's very telling that Black families in the 70s and 80s were scared to let their kids out of the house with John Walsh um, and Adam Walsh with the, um, I think it was called the National. Most Wanted. wanted, uh, Yes, right. But those were all kidnappings of white children. Hmm. But the message nationwide was there are strangers out here. There are sexual predators out here. There's stranger danger. There there are people out here and we don't know what they look like, but they're trying to get your kids. And later on, we then realized that no, most abductions and most kidnappings are done from people that know the child 
or no, the family. So then that was another layer of fear that was placed upon the black community of, hey, there are strangers out here that are just driving around neighborhoods looking for kids. Mm. So that that was another layer that made us, you know, sit in our houses and be afraid to go outside or to trust our kids, you know, being outside without us. Well, we can't uh, let fear stop us from from living our lives for sure. And if our communities were more connected, and when I'm saying community, I'm talking about, like you say, next door, across the street, Uh who are these people in our immediate area, uh, that could be a very big detriment uh, or, or uh, defense against something happening to our, the kids in, in our neighborhoods. We need to be, uh, you know, cognizant of who's in our neighborhoods. And, Absolutely. And, and cognizant of what kids are a little more uh, adventurous than others and things like that. So it c- could be something as simple as, hey, uh, Bobby, don't now you don't need to be down there. Come on back over here. <laughs> right. know, sim- simple things that, I, I mean, I could just picture all these things that helped shape who I am today. And right. uh, I will confess, there was a time I was doing some bad stuff. And, uh, you know, and I got um, uh, by the by police uh, mm-hmm. beat. OK. And mm-hmm. uh, but but at the same time, uh, on a on a weird way, I'm glad it happened because it made me realize crime don't pay. <laughs> you know, right. and I never went back that 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 way uh, again. I'm here confessing on this dang show. What am I doing? <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> but it was a you commi- edit out. <laughs> but it's a yes, I could if I want to. <laughs> but it's a community. It's, it's, it's community, you know that uh, that that makes us who we are. And I, I don't care how far Absolutely. you get, you never forget those things. And so um, we 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 want to get back to that. We really do. We want we want to uh, be able to up hold each other and it's it's extremely difficult right now i know mm-hmm. but we got to remember what that was like uh, uh, i mean school is, is supposed to be back open right now but we don't even know if that's going to happen how oh, much of God. your development was done through being at school absolutely uh, at any level whether it was elementary junior high high school college yeah and 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 people don't have that outlet right now and and they and that that was school was an extension of your community yes. back in the day and also the black church yes big and small black churches the the impact of the church however was was twofold Vince in that it provided a safe space for black people to worship collectively and to pray and to support one another but it also manifested this sense of, you know, when people would bring their troubles to the altar, yes. per se, you know, yes. the the response was, hey, God's not going to give you any more than you can handle. Yes. You need you need to forgive. I, I heard that a lot. I've heard that a lot working with people that have had sexual trauma and mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and have survived sexual abuse that they were told that they needed to, to forgive their abusers because it was the godly thing to do. So so that part hurt us in the sense of we did not learn how to deal with the psychological stuff that we were going through because we were told to pray for it, to to pray about it or that it it's not something that happened to us that we need to now take definitive action towards. Yes. And what you find out 
uh, when you look at the history, if it had been stopped at one level, because it's a kind of a learned thing sometimes, or I don't know, inherited kind of thing that there was someone else uh, in the uh, uh, family, you know, that yes. it, and, and if so, so like we say, as we move forward now, knowing these things, we can put a stop to it. We know, okay, mm-hmm. we need to address this. This is this is our family, and we're going to take con- control of this. If that person mm-hmm. needs some mental assistance, then we're not ashamed about that anymore. We know that Absolutely. that's what we have to do. Right, right. And to not internalize it and feel the shame of it being something that happened within your family, you know, but to affirm the person who's been through it to to affirm and validate their pain and their their shame and their embarrassment because it took a lot for somebody to even disclose any type of abuse that they've been through especially sexual abuse in a black family that takes a lot of courage for someone to be able to come out and talk about so we need to make sure that we're creating a space where we're not Yes. feeling that that needs to be continuously brushed up under the rug. Well, I think that's by us even talking about it in this form, in this format, uh, that people hopefully will uh, feel more open to at least attempting. I, I know it's difficult. There's difficult, uh-huh. you know, things that have happened in my life. And I find myself talking about it a lot easier now, just as a result of, you know, it's, it's a step-by-step process. Uh, yeah. But if we can get past these facades and really focus and stop trying, as, as you and I said, trying to be like somebody else or being some other people, no, we have to take care <laughs> of our own people. That's our problem right there. I've been trying to be white all the time when we are not right 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 we and don't. trying to live or or feeling like we need to be held up to the same standard right. that we've been taught is the gold standard right. you know we we need to reevaluate that yes we do we we definitely mm-hmm. need to to take a look at because when you look at the history i mean ours is one that is absolutely tremendously great when you talk i mean i know the bible talks about the leaving egypt we did all those things we left sure egypt <laughs> we walked around the mountains <laughs> uh we came here we was enslaved again i mean all these <laughs> things you know we don't get the jobs we can't move anywhere yet here right. we are today and yes. we can take all this strength and knowledge my black brothers and sisters and we can take this world uh to a level that they never thought uh it, it could be um through the love and and just that type of i don't know just kind of we're, we're different in that way um I, i'm sure you know the the scientific terminology of you know people say that an attribute of a, of a certain community is this well whatever mm-hmm. that this is we got it we are very loving forgiving you know helping all those things those are the things that 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 made us strong right 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 and and those are the things that have gotten us to be where we are today because we we are even with everything that's going on Vince, and all of our internal differences you know with ourselves and amongst ourselves as a race and as and as a community we do know how to come together yes. as a people. And 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 that's a that's a beautiful thing for us to be able to come together. And some people are out there on the front line. Some people are blogging. Some people are doing, you know, work behind the scenes. Some yes. people are on the front lines. I mean, there are people that are doing all kinds of work, all kinds of different work. And it's because we have that sense of love and compassion 
with one another because we know that we're all in this together. We're all in this together and you're not alone and we've been through it too. So I I just, uh, I thank you, you know, for, for the support that uh, you give to, to me and this program and so sure. many people helping us uh, while you, of course, uh, deal with your own. And uh, But that's that's how it works, everybody. And Absolutely. I, I thank you all for, for just kind of listening in. This was just a Vincent Makiba. We got to do something about this kind of conversation today on Black Mental Matters. And those mm-hmm. are the conversations that we need to have, right? Those are yes. the conversations we need to have. Thank you, Vince. Well, there it is. Once again, we're going to stick a fork. This was episode 42. Do you believe that, uh, Makiba? Wow. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. It, hey, it, it's, it's going to be a year before you know it. Hey, I'm looking forward to it. Happy anniversary. <laughs> oh, I know. Right. Wait. And we're going to still be quarantined. Oh, so, stop that. <laughs> Listen, thank you all so much for listening. Once again, this is Black Middle Matters. See you next time.